Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ryan went to Belmont, so he was like already sort of like king of Nashville in his own mind, but like he was wearing a shirt with tacos all over it. And so I was like, that guy looks like a tall Jesus and he's wearing a taco shirt. That is Marin Morris talking about the day that she met her husband, Ryan Hurd. Marin is our center stage guest this week on Country Heat Weekly, and she tells us some amazing stories. That's right. Not only about her new album, but she shares some cool things about the home she and Ryan share and her early days in Nashville. Now, it's highly possible that I was there the day she met Ryan. Mm. We will get into all of that. I'm Amber Anderson, podcasting as we do each week from the Amazon Studios on Music Row in Nashville. And I'm Kelly Sutton. And y'all, the podcast after the podcast should be the conversation that we had before we were rolling about where to buy fake hair and fake lashes in town. We shop at the same place. (laughs) It's our best kept secret. We can't tell you about it because then it'll become too popular. I do love the fact that we have a strong, independent woman on the show again this week. Yes, we've had Dolly Mm -hmm. and Carrie and now Marin. And we are celebrating Women's History Month with an in-depth look at the catalog of a woman who paved the road Marin walks, Loretta Lynn. And we are here for it. We have to say hello to our Twitch family who we know are listening right now. We were all hanging out together on Saturday night. Amber and I hosted a pre-show for Marin Morris live. She was performing in New York City and we had such a blast talking about the new album Humble Quest of course, but then also going down the list of things that Marin is doing and a little online shopping because we were inside her Amazon store with some really cool merch, including a Marin Morris bucket hat. That Kelly really wanted to buy it yet? I haven't bought it yet. I need The some. air freshener. <laughs> There's a Marimor's air freshener. It smells like cedar. And then the exclusive tea that had the Humble Quest hotline, which we called on air. It was so fun. And Kelly will be together again on Friday night, yes. April 1st. No joke, guys. Right. This is for real. Mm-hmm. Thomas Rhett is doing an exclusive performance for Amazon Music celebrating his new album, Where We Started. Okay, so here's what you need to do. Log on to Twitch. It's going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's 7 o'clock Central Time. We're going to be there. Hosting the pre-show, we are the pre-party hang before Thomas takes the stage at 9 p.m. Eastern. And from what we understand, there's a live audience with us. So it's going to be so much energy in the room. Uh I can't wait. And we're going to have exclusive merchandise, of course. So we'll fill you in on all of that. But just bookmark it. It's a date. Hang out with us on the 1st at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. And if you are not 
following Amazon Music's Twitch channel. Go ahead, go subscribe. Yes. You will get notified anytime we go live. It's, and we're doing that a lot lately. It seems. We are. I like, love it. Easy to find. Twitch.tv slash Amazon Music. That's where you're going to find us. Kelly and I have been getting a lot of quality time. Yes, we have. Together lately, which I am not complaining about one bit. Not at all. But this past Friday night, we got to see Russell Dickerson sold out show at the Ryman Auditorium. I mean, it was such a great night. Our bestie Breland was opening for him. Our seats were amazing. I was crying like a proud mom. (laughs) Breland comes on stage, sings cross country. You look at me. I have tears running down my face. You're like, are you crying? Because the lyrics, there's a whole lyric in there that, you know, he says, until I find the place where I belong. And I'm like, he's found the place where he belongs (laughs) on stage at the rhyme. Super proud. It was such a special moment for him. So we are going to bring you up to date on everything that's been happening in Nashville. Plus, we've got all of our usual fun lined up with who said that in a really insightful burning question. So here we go. Here we go. Episode number 19 of Country Heat Weekly. First up, sending out our best wishes to Luke Combs, who has COVID. Do we know if his wife's okay? I mean, I know she's due with the couple's first child sometime this spring, right? Yeah, as we're recording this, we don't have a lot of info. Luke has been traveling the past month. He was a headliner at Country to Country Festival in the UK. Once he got back stateside, Luke was scheduled to team up with Kane Brown for a pre-taped performance for the CMT Awards last week in Nashville. So a spokesperson from CMT told the Tennessean that Luke will no longer be a part of that performance after testing positive for COVID. He is now quarantining. I mean, this is a bummer for Luke's fans, but it's good news for the Old Dominion fans because they've been tapped to fill the space. I know the CMT Awards don't air for a few weeks, so maybe he'll still get to come to the show. It's April 11th. Yeah, uh, let's hope so. So in other news, Reba just released a new CD and DVD pairing titled My Chains Are Gone. The project has Reba singing her favorite hymns in gospel songs. I have to tell you, it's incredible if you haven't heard it. I have not. Yet. You need to check it out. This is completely unrelated, but kind of related. She slayed her performance at the Oscars last weekend. She looked and sounded amazing. She was singing the Diane Warren song, Four Good Days. The Oscars are a whole other subject, though. We don't have enough time. But back to the new Reba album. Let's do that. Reba enlists some of her famous friends for the project. She collaborates with Trisha Yearwood, Kelly Clarkson, Christian singer Lauren Daigle, and bluegrass band The Isaacs. Some of the songs were recorded back in 2017 during Reba's first ever solo headlining show at the Ryman Auditorium, as well as at Clementine Hall. Now, speaking of the Ryman, we both caught Russell Dickerson's debut headlining show at the Ryman last week. We were talking about it. We had all the feels for Russell and all the feels for us too. (laughs) That's right. You could tell it was a monumental night for Russell. He got very emotional during a performance of yours. Mm. I mean, watching him own the stage. Holy cow, it was so much fun. And, you know, the set included a surprise performance with Jake Scott on the pop country jam She Likes It, which you can find on the Country Heat playlist. She knows by the way that I'm kissing on her. We gonna take our time. And then I called this one. Yes, you did. (laughs) He brought out Breland for It's About Time, which that song features 
FGL. Yeah. But Breland came out and did it with him. And it was so high energy, so much fun. I think there was like water bottles being like sprayed out into the audience. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Listen, just to quote our friend Russell Dickerson, ain't no party like an RD party. And the RD party did not stop. It did not. It was amazing. Now, before the show, Russell's label, Triple Tigers Records, presented him with three plaques for the success of his last three singles. Oh, and one more note. I was relieved to hear from Dan and Shay last week. Yeah, they have been completely MIA on social media for the past few months, which is totally unlike them. They hadn't posted anything on their official account since Christmas. But they reappeared to say that they've been spending time with their families, friends, and each other. And they also said that they are, quote, taking the time to reflect and appreciate all of the cool things y'all have allowed us to do. Okay, listen, I know it's not the Christmas season anymore, but their episode of our podcast from December was so funny. I mean, if y'all need a laugh, they were on the week before Christmas and it was nothing but fun. Shay is joining us from a Christmas tree farm, it looks like, behind you. Happy Mooney Farms is what we call it. We're not very good at it. We only have like six right now. <laughs> we, this is the first season, uh, so we're not doing well. There you go. I tried to sell Dan one. He already had a tree. <laughs> So it's a whole thing. If you're missing them like we've been, check that episode out. I love the song of theirs on our playlist right now, Steal My Love. It totally gets stuck in your head. But also, they may have more music coming. Yeah, their post said, We are rested, refreshed, and more excited about music than ever before, promising, quote, more news and updates to come soon. Now, we do know that Dan and Shay will join Kenny Chesney on the road in less than a month, but Kenny's Here and Now 2022 stadium tour kicks off April 23rd in Tampa, Florida. Oh, one more thing. Did I hear that Chris Stapleton was added to the Grammy performers? Is that right? I mean, there's so many award shows to keep track of right now. Yes, that is right. They didn't say what he's performing, but I'm guessing cold because A, it would be a showstopper. Right. And B, it's up for best country song. And C, it's on the country heat playlist. (laughs) Not really sure that that's a factor for the Grammys, Kelly, but maybe it should be. Okay, so we combined the What's Cooking and Heat Index segments because we have so much news about the artist on the playlist right now. And I think that's okay Mm -hmm. because we've got a bunch more music to celebrate when Marin Morris is center stage. Yes, we do. So let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll dive into Marin Morris's new album, Humble Quest. Like we do each week, we are going to share this quote from one of our country friends, and everyone listening at home gets to guess who said that. They didn't tell us who said this, so Kelly and I will be guessing right along with you at home. Here's the quote. We kind of found that we had a special kind of magic and a thing. She's as big a part of the show as anything. Hmm. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was like Garth maybe talking about Trisha. Yeah. Or maybe somebody who brings their opening act out in their set. Yeah. I need to scour tour dates to see who's out with you right now. (laughs) Okay. We're all going to find out together when Country Heat Weekly comes back. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. 
Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, everybody, it's time to tell you who said that. We kind of found that we had a special kind of magic and a thing and you know, she's come out and major force on the road. She's a force of nature, but she's as big a part of the show as anything. Eric Church! That's from the very first episode of Country Heat Weekly. Eric talking about his background singer, Joanna Cotton, who is a force. Definitely. At the start of her career, today's center stage guest got used to hearing the word no and having doors slammed in her face. American Idol, The Voice, America's Got Talent, all of them passed on her. And seeing the incredible artist that she is today, that just seems unbelievable. Right. I mean, lucky for us, she was not going to take no for an answer. And now she's driving circles not only around this town, but also around all of the awards and records that she's earned here. This new chapter finds her embarking on a humble quest, her third album. And we should note that she co-wrote every one of the 11 tracks on this album. Here to talk about all of the love and loss she experienced that led to the making of this project is our girl, Marin Morris. Marin, welcome to Country Heat Weekly. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. This is such a cute little space y'all have here. We Thanks. like it. Yeah. yeah. Amazon. We are vibing definitely with all the colors and all the retro stuff. You kind of have that vibe too, I think, right? Do you have some antiques? Yeah, I love a little bit of hodgepodge, like mid-century modern mm-hmm. in my house because I love like I have like stuff from my grandmother's house, but then I also love that like clean modern edge. So I always mix the two. But we've got new stuff to talk about. No mm-hmm. mid-century modern. This is brand new <laughs> Humble Quest. Yeah. Yes. All modern. So we want to start with the story that you tell in Circles Around This Town, which chronicles your move to Nashville. So take us back to that decision. It was January of 2013, correct? Yeah. So I was 23, or about to be 23, and I was saving money for a few months to move to Nashville. So when I got here, I didn't immediately have to wait tables. And so I saved a little bit of money to get here and just start writing right away. And I think it was like eight months to the day almost that I moved to Nashville that I got an offer from a publishing company, which is actually like right near here. So this whole block is very nostalgic to me. Yeah. So I was, a yeah, for a few years, a working songwriter. I would come in five days a week and write with random people they would place me with on my calendar. And we would try to get a song to get recorded by an artist and or synced to a TV show or something. For anybody that's listening that doesn't quite understand songwriting as a career. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Now being an artist, looking back on that time as a songwriter, like what that time is like and what all goes into that, because it's a grind. 
It is. You have to hustle. You have to go to every show, every showcase, every writer's round. And just, you know, that first year for me, I didn't know anyone. So being an introvert, forcing myself to go talk to people, even though I'm there by myself, was hard. But it really forced me to do that that grind. And I ended up getting a right here, a right there. And then eventually I had a couple songs in the bank and was able to play them for publishing houses around Music Row. And then I got an offer. And so I feel like now, almost 10 years later, most of my friends here, I met through those weird co-writes. And, you know, one of which is my husband, Ryan heard we just hit it off and started writing and we written hundreds of songs since then but and now we have a kid but um, <laughs> yeah best it was collaboration ever yeah. yes <laughs> our best collab but I um yeah those were really formative years for me it was just being a writer but so amazing that I really had to build from the like stone by stone what I have got now and you know a lot of my friends nowadays like Brothers Osborne and like Lucy Silvis and Ryan like we all came up together before like we were anybody so yeah I would just like treasure those memories forever I remember the first time I ever saw you play it was around at Belcourt Taps and it was like when I had my first music row job this was probably 2013 2014 maybe and you played my church that day I remember the the place was just quiet, but it was like, it was the crew. It was like the Google-esque crew. It was, yeah. you know, Joey Hyde and Ryan Beaver and all of these people that it has been so amazing to watch you guys all come into your own. But I think that's what make, makes Nashville so special is because all these songwriters that we talk to, a lot of artists, they find their people and mm-hmm. they stick together. And then, you yeah. know, you all help each other and you all become successful and it's just that much more rewarding I would imagine yeah you find your people in your class because when you get here I I know a lot of young songwriters that you know they'll ask me you know what would your advice be to getting a record deal or a publishing deal like how do I get in the rooms with like you or like a Hillary Lindsay or yeah Lori McKenna or what have you and Ryan and I both being writers were like don't I mean you can aim for the stars but find people that are like you, like find people in your same graduating class almost, like your freshman class. And you can always set your sights on like writing with your dream co-writer, but like you need to find people that are doing the same exact thing at the same level because then you get to all rise together. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny you say Belcourt Taps because that's actually where I met Ryan. (laughs) Like nine years ago. That's where I met him because they were doing their rounds. Yeah. It was like Tuesday afternoons. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Right after people get off in Nashville. Only in Nashville. So you said that that was the first time that you met Ryan. Describe that to us. What was that meeting like? Were you immediately like, who is that? Well, we both were in other relationships at the time. So I just remember I was a little nervous because I was going to get up as a guest and sing with my friend Brett Tyler a song that we had written. And he knew Ryan and all those guys. I didn't. Ryan went to Belmont. So he was like already sort of like king of Nashville in his own mind. But I remember thinking like like he was wearing a shirt with tacos all over it. And so I was like, and he looked like Jesus. That was the nickname because he had long hair and a beard. And so I was like, that guy looks like a tall Jesus and he's wearing a taco shirt. I'm like, okay. Didn't really think anything. Welcome to Nashville, Miriam. Yeah. I was like, all right. And I mean, he was very nice, but he was also giving off that like, I'm the guy error to him. And so I instantly was like, "Mm, nope. (laughs) But he tells the story differently. He's like, and then you got up and sang and like everyone in the crowd stopped. And I was like, but I'm sure 
that was just him. But <laughs> but yeah, we wrote, I guess like a week later, and we wrote a song that was terrible, but I just knew that he was talented and he knew that I was talented. So we were like, we're not going to count this one. Let's write one more time and see if it works. And then the next time we wrote was a week after that, and we wrote this song called Last Turn Home that like a day later, Tim McGraw recorded. And so that was my first cut as a writer was with Tim. And it was a song that Ryan and I wrote. So um, yeah, we just kept doing it. Like we're like, it worked. It totally works. Yeah. Totally works. So obviously making this album definitely different than the first two. World shut down, went into a pandemic. You lost your producer with Busby's unfortunate passing. Tell us about the process and how you approached making Humble Quest. I definitely wouldn't consider Humble Quest like this pandemic record, but it, it was made during one and it was born out of a time with a lot of uncertainty as a human race. And I think just all the things that had humbled me, like having my son, having kind of a rough like postpartum era, losing Busby uh, as a friend, as a producer, just as a real presence in my life. Yeah, just not being able to tour for two years. It was a lot of changes. I am so much stronger than I gave myself credit for because I like made it to the other side and I actually made it to the other side less tense and bitter. Like I actually got through all of that and was like cut down to size and probably rightfully so. It was like you get in such a one track of like the wheel never stops turning and then it took a pandemic and the world shutting down for me to realize like how much I love this, but also that maybe I had blind spots to where I was taking it for granted. So I think these songs like could have easily been super depressing and heavy and met the times in that way. But for me, writing them actually brought me out of the heaviness. And that's why they sound light and comforting. And even though there are songs on this record that deal with, you know, heavy subjects like death, but it's still, I feel like, leaves the myself and the listener in a hopeful place. We've all been sitting in it for two years. We don't need to sit in it. <laughs> We're done. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I weigh my words really carefully and what I my platform is really carefully now because I don't want to put something in the world that adds more heaviness. Like I, I I take it really that responsibility really seriously. And so yeah, I just wanted to put something out that made me feel good. And I thought if I could to myself Maybe I could do like 10 more people or 100 more people. Yeah. Right. You've got four songs on the album that were written by you and Ryan. Mm -hmm. Give us the process. Do you like throw ideas across the dinner table? How does it all work? I mean, sometimes, yeah. Like we, a lot of times just turn it off because we're like, I can't talk or think about music anymore today. <laughs> like I already wrote a song for eight hours. So there are moments where we're just like, please do not play me anything else. But during the pandemic, you know, the first year of it, we were just becoming parents and learning how to do that. And then when we started writing together again, it was just, I don't know, it like really helped us because we were able to connect on a deeper way as like people that brought a kid into the world, a year of like seeing each other the most we ever have. And I don't know, like we've written so many songs over the last decade. These are my favorites because I think it's the most I've known him. Like, I can't love you anymore. Yeah. Mm. I don't think we could have written that four years ago or two years ago even. Like, we had to have written it in this pandemic mm -hmm. for it to have that humor to it. Watch me while I'm getting ready This was so 
great because immediately when Tall Guys came on, this one texts me and she's like, ooh, this is my theme it's song. It's my theme song. <laughs> yes. Love a Tall Guy. It is my theme song. I love it. Everybody's going to jump on this one. I well, promise. I'm obsessed. So I'm 5'1", so truly everyone is tall to me. It's not <laughs> trying to be not inclusive, but, you know, right. everyone is tall to me. Every guy is tall to me because I'm so short. But, yeah, that's definitely one that I wrote about Ryan, and I played it for him when I got home that day. I wrote it with Natalie Hemby and Aaron Ray Tier, and I was like, I got one that's going to make you laugh, I hope. <laughs> and he just, like, laughed and rolled his eyes, and he was like, only you and Natalie would come up with this song. Also, shout out to Natalie Hemby. She is one of my favorite humans on the planet Earth, and I have yes. to give her love. I love, love you, Natalie, Natalie. Love you. We love you so Our much. Our queen. The first song that you wrote after you found out you were pregnant, tell us about Hummingbird. And what that song means to you. You know, it's so funny to look back now because I was so micromanaging and trying to plan out my entire life because I was like, okay, I can tour this year and then I'll be pregnant and then I'll um, have the baby and then two months later I'll just tour again. Mm -hmm. It's just like on this never-ending wheel of work. And But I loved it. And then I got pregnant I and then the pandemic happened after I had my son and everything went to shit. But um, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, you're not in control, are you? You never were. But I wrote Hummingbird the day I found out I was pregnant and I was on my way to a write with the Love Junkies, which are Lori McKenna, Liz Rose, and Hillary Lindsay, my heroes, all separately, but then together mm -hmm. they're like the super group. And I had never written with them all as a trio, so I was obviously not canceling. But I told Ryan, I was like, we're having a baby, and I'm on my way to this right. <laughs> Love you. I'll see you at the house uh, later today. And I— <laughs> Is that how you told him? <laughs> yeah. I was like, he wasn't with me, so I was like calling him. He was somewhere else. But I was like, yeah, I'll see you later tonight, but— the test is positive and we're having a baby. And it was like... We'll discuss later. Yeah, we'll just... I'll, See you later. We'll high five later. Um, but no, I was so excited to tell the ladies because I was like, they're all mothers mm -hmm. and they're all just like... They never had to pick between work and being a mom. Like They, they all are just killing it. They all mm -hmm. have number ones and Grammys and like they still manage to be these amazing moms. And so I told them right after I told Ryan and they all were just like screaming, freaking out, <laughs> so excited for us. And so, yeah, we wrote Hummingbird that day. And, you know, by the time I was recording this record, it was like late 2020. And so my son was like almost a year old. And so he was starting to talk. So I recorded on my phone, just Hayes saying mama. And so who you hear at the top of Hummingbird is actually my son. Mama. Mama. And it was just crazy because I wrote it the day I found out I was having him. And then by the time I got to record it, he was able to like contribute to it. <laughs> so, so he special. is technically credited on the record. Does he get royalties? 
Yeah, he'll he'll get. I mean, I someone it. told me earlier they're nice. like, "Oh, he can totally be a like a CMA voter now because he's a part of a record." <laughs> or I don't know if it, he's got all the criteria or if cares, but um, it's fine. Oh, I yeah. love this. Starting yeah. the college fund early. I know. Yeah, he'll be oh, able to yeah. so great. hopefully pay for it himself. <laughs> I love it. So okay, good. so you and Ryan have some great date nights. I mean, like when you're going to different award shows. Next up is the Grammys. Yeah. Which is pretty fantastic. Double nominee. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just like shocked. I am so proud of Ryan. He's gone to so many of these things with me as my date. And so now him getting his first Grammy nomination with Chasing After You is just like yeah, this is yours. Like, it, I mean, I'm glad to be a part of it, but it's his first. So mm. it's going to be really special to be out there. And and best country song for Better Than We Found It. I mean, when you win these things, is there a place in the house that they go? Where do you, what do you do with all the awards? Do you have a certain room? Well, um, at our house right now that we've been in for a couple years, we've got this like great basement that we keep all our like studio stuff in and like our instruments. And so... I have this piano that actually uh, Busby's wife gave to me that was Busby's. And so it sits in my basement and it's like all at cabiny down there. And I just put my Grammy and my awards on that next to a photo of me and Buzz. And so it's like such an amazing like focal point of the house and it just has so much love in it. And yeah, so that's where I, I display stuff. It feels weird to like put them in your foyer as people come into your home (laughs) to like just have this Marin Morris Hall of Fame for them. Like I I display them proudly, but like not immediately as you walk in, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. That sounds like a really special spot. Yeah. That's a really special gift. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Before we let you go, how are Pancake and June? (laughs) (laughs) They're good. They're really good with Haze, which is like a phew. I mean, when you have a baby and you have dogs, you're like, please, can they get along and them be sweet to my kid? Because, you know. Right. But uh, no, they're great. They're doing great. We just had this like petting zoo birthday party for Hayes because he turned two this week. And we had to put the dogs up because they set up the petting zoo in our front yard because it was like, tiny. Yeah. And uh, my dogs were freaking out at the um, the llama. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, what animals did they bring? Okay. So I was really impressed at the diversity of animal. Like there was a llama, an alpaca. Oh. There was some like pygmy goats and um, oh. a chicken and a duck. And they all were in the same pen getting along. I was shocked. Oh, but my gosh. My son lost his mind. I was supposed to say, did he freak out? Yes. It was adorable. <laughs> yeah. He's really obsessed with animals right now. So the petting zoo was like such a win. Yeah. As me and good Ryan, we were like, high five. <laughs> we're good parents. Look at us. Look at him. He's <laughs> a, that was the best day of his life. Maren, thank you so much for coming in and talking thank to us. Thank y'all. Thanks. It was good to see you so soon after the ACMs. I yes. know. We we're glad you came in. Yeah, we're pumped. We and we'll see you December 2nd. At Bridgetown. Yes. Oh, my God. That feels very far away. I know. It'll be here before you know. Yeah. I like that we make these dates in advance. I you'll know. Have, yeah. And you'll have time to, like, pick an outfit and learn the songs. Yeah. And you'll feel, like, ready right. to rock. And but I'm yeah. going to go to Hair family World. Reunion. Go to yeah. Hair World and, and get, get your lashes. lashes. That's right. And some hair. <laughs> hair World, we're coming for you. Yeah. Galatine and Hair World. Galatine Avenue, Hair World. Yeah. We'll get an endorsement, y'all. They get a plug? Let's go. Let's let's buy local hair. Yeah. Thanks, Marion. We love you, girl. Love you too. Each week, we dig into the Amazon Music Archives to rediscover the pioneers and the trendsetters, shining a spotlight on the songs and artists you may not have heard in a while. 
we have such a treat for you today because we're going to rediscover the music of Country Music Hall of Famer and Grand Ole Opry member Loretta Lynn. This is the woman that's paved the way for generations of women that have followed her in the music industry, including Carrie Underwood. I mean, she's just one of those women that is strong, and I feel like she sang her her life, the things that she knew. She was just kind of that woman that I feel like we could look up to to be like, wow, she never compromised herself. You know, she was her and is her through and through. It's crazy to think about a time when the world didn't know her name, but everyone has to start somewhere. And Loretta started out by sleeping in her car the night before her Opry debut. Hey, you got to do what you got to do to achieve your dreams, right? Yeah, totally. (laughs) And that night, it was all worth it because she got to perform her first single, I'm a Honky Tonk Girl, which had just been released at the time. happened since the release of I'm a Honky Tonk Girl. I mean, today and every day, we celebrate the incomparable Loretta Lynn. We all know by now that she was born a coal miner's daughter in Butcher Holler, Kentucky. In fact, she turns 90 on April 14th. Loretta was the oldest girl out of the eight children in her family and was named after actress Loretta Young. She met her husband, Oliver Doolittle Lynn, when she was only 15 years old. He was 21. Not long after, they were married and they had a big family of their own. By the time she reached her 30s, Loretta had given birth to six kids, the last two being twins. She called her husband, Do. He was a character all to himself and the subject of many of her songs, which we will dig into a little later on. Loretta's musical journey really began when she was gifted a $17 Sears and Roebuck Harmony guitar for her 21st birthday. This guitar was the foundation for her career. With it, she taught herself how to play music and began writing songs. Her first gigs were performing with a country band for $5 a show at a local tavern in Washington State. And she even won a talent contest on TV hosted by Buck Owens. In 1960, Loretta signed her first recording contract with Zero Records, and the next year she became a Nashville resident. After finding her home in Music City, she made her debut on Ernest Tubbs' Midnight Jamboree radio program on WSM, and as we mentioned earlier, on the Grand Ole Opry. Her original home has now become a popular tourism spot in town. The early hits of her career included Blue Kentucky Girl and You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man, which, as legend has it, was inspired by a real life encounter. It'll be over my dead body, so get out while you can, cause you ain't woman enough to take my man. It took more than six years before she would earn a number one hit, but in 1967, Loretta topped the charts and became the first female country act to earn a gold album for Don't Come Home A-Drinkin' with Lovin' On Your Mind. Like we said, her husband's colorful and wild lifestyle inspired a lot of her music. Cause if you want that kind of love, well, you don't need none of mine. really picking up speed at this point in her career. Suddenly, she's seeing number one after number one and receiving several outstanding awards. 
A lot of Loretta's success came from the fact that her music was relatable for listeners because she often wrote about real life experiences. Except at the time, people didn't realize just how close to home these songs hit for her. This City, her number one hit on the Billboard Country Singles Chart in 1986, was written out of pure anger when she heard rumors of her husband being unfaithful with another woman while she was away. Instead of confronting the woman about the situation, she wrote this song about what she wanted to say and do instead of acting on those emotions. I'm here to tell you gotta lay off of my man if you don't wanna go to this city. Okay, so let's talk about the one that she's most known for, Loretta's signature song, Coal Miner's Daughter. It earned her the top position on the Billboard Country Singles Chart in 1970. It also became the title of her 1976 memoir and movie with actress Sissy Spacek in the lead role. Well, I- Coal Miner's Daughter was her signature song, but there's so much more in her catalog. So if you take a look at the credits for a lot of her songs, especially the most personal ones, you'll notice that Loretta often flew solo when it came to songwriting. She basically used her songwriting as a way to vent. I mean, it's not like she had Twitter to rant on. (laughs) (laughs) Several of the songs she recorded that had a similar message about the struggles of being a wife and a mother went number one, including Woman of the World, Leave My World Alone, Lead Me On with Conway Twitty and One's on the Way, which she re-recorded in 2021 and featured Margot Price. The faucet is a dripping and the kids are bawling. One of them is toddling and one is a crawling and one's on the way. In 1972, Loretta made history as the first woman to win the Country Music Association's Entertainer of the Year. She also took home female vocalist and shared vocal duo with Conway Twitty. The rules for duo were different back then. Yep. I feel like we need to do a whole rediscover on her duets with Conway. Five number ones and seven more top 10 hits. She sure has made an impact in this industry. So many women in country credit her as an influence, including Martina McBride, Leanne Womack, and Carly Pierce. You can say she rocks, which is something that I think we and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame can agree on. Think I know where you're going with this? Her controversial song, The Pill, that was included on her Back to Country album in 1975, was written in an attempt to change the way people viewed contraception. Because of its rebellious status, especially for the time, it was honored in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 2012 Women Who Rock exhibit in Washington, D.C., I really wish we had more time. Things are just getting good. There's just so much to cover with everything Loretta accomplished as a female country music artist, including membership into the Grand Ole Opry and her 1988 induction into the Country Music Hall of Fame. I don't, didn't think this was ever happening to me. You know, getting in the Hall of Fame, I can see the Hall of Shame, not the Hall of Fame. For now, you can learn more about this country music legend by listening to the Rediscover Loretta Lynn playlist on Amazon Music. Are we ready for next week's pod? I'm not sure we're ready. I'm not sure the crew is ready. (laughs) I know. I am so (laughs) excited. The force that is Raina Roberts will be here. She's an Amazon Music artist to watch for 2022, and she is 
delightful. Her energy is so much fun. We met her on the ACM red carpet, and I'm really looking forward to getting to know her and hang out with her for a little longer. We'll also have all the inside scoop from Nashville, a fresh burning question, and a recap of tomorrow night's exclusive Thomas Rhett performance. Go ahead and set yourself a calendar reminder so you can log on to Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash Amazon Music and join us for the pre-show starting at 8 p.m. Easter. We'll remind you on social media too. Make sure you're following us. I'm at Hey, it's Amber A. And I'm the Kelly Sutton. Each week we wrap up the pod with a burning question. Usually we ask the stars a fun, frivolous question like last week's What Do You Order at Waffle House? Yeah. In celebration of the Amazon original documentary for Love and Country, which looks at the current country music scene through the eyes of Black artists, we've asked our friends to reflect on the statement, country music has always been Black music. We start with Willie Jones. It's the truth, you know, just like, I mean, all music kind of all American music definitely stems from black music in some way, form or fashion, whether it's the instrument being used, whether it's the way that it was played, you know, black music and black people kind of inspired uh, everything and a lot. Breland preferred to focus on the present. Yeah, I think it's a renaissance right now. I think we're in a really cool period where we can kind of acknowledge the the history and, and then create more history. There are so many moments right now that are happening, things that are aligning kind of at the same time for for all of the Black artists out here. And I'm just, I love celebrating them and, uh, you know, forming friendships and, and being a part of this project with all of them. And we all have real relationships outside of this project that, you know, feels like we are celebrating each other. And for a different perspective, here's what Blanco Brown had to say. See, it's so crazy to me because I don't put color with music. But if they were to say country music started out with black people doing it, I would understand. But when you say black music, for me, music is colorless. It's beautiful and it's an expression. It's the biggest thing in this world. Without a soundtrack, we'll all be empty. So when you talk about black music, there's no such thing. I just feel like music is colorful. And as long as you're making great music, we can always figure out where it stemmed from. For Love and Country will be available on Amazon Music and Amazon Prime Video on April 7th. Country Heat Weekly is a collaborative production between Amazon Music and Nevermind Media. Executive producer is Melissa Locker. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Tim Einenkel. Production assistance from Annie Reuter, Debbie Daughtry, Madeline O'Connell, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne, with additional music from Madeline McCormack. The Amazon Music team includes Nathan Brackett, Emily Cohen, Chris Graham, Michelle Kammerer, Eliza Mills, Morgan Jones, and Raymond Roker. Development consultant, Michelle Dix. Additional production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Abby, Jake, Osmo, Pancake, June, and all the other very good dogs out there. Be sure to follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes as soon as they drop. I got her. That was great. <laughs> We're buying local. We're supporting local. It. It's so fun. I yeah, love that place, love man. It's the best. I want to promote them, but I also don't want it to like yeah. become not our secret anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Welcome to the 65th National Finals of Distinguished Young Women. Every year, one girl from every state leaves her family, her whole life behind, for two weeks and spends each day training, practicing, preparing. Because to win this competition, she needs to wow a panel of judges with her academic record, her athletic ability, her speaking skills, and a show-stopping talent. I met her and I was like, she's gonna win. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. When I sing that song about being a black woman in America, there's gonna be backlash about that. Oh, just so happy, so happy. I don't wanna see them, I don't wanna talk to them. And then we stayed with them for the next year, unpacking just what happened those two weeks in Mobile. I'm Shimoliai, and from Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.